0: Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk
1: Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want to welcome those of you that are listening to the show for the very first time. You are going to quickly realize that this show is a healthy part of your weekly activity, and you need to make it a part of your activity weekly as you are gaining more knowledge to help you thrive and hopefully Hopefully, you're intent on thriving here, folks. If that's who you are, then you've arrived at the right place at the right time because this show is for those that are thrive-minded. And if you're visiting us for the first time, thank you for joining us and for returning listeners. We appreciate you continuing to support this program. By the way, I often am asked. Where do I locate your prior episodes, Jay? And uh, I want you to know that it's very simple to do that. You can find me at your favorite podcast platform. Our show airs here live on Sundays, but then it is rebroadcasted on the podcast platforms uh, on Tuesday, just about. So all of my prior episodes, you can either lo- locate them at our archived section at the jmamietalkshow.com, That's our website. Or you can look us up at your favorite podcast platform, and you're going to find us there because we are not hiding. We are making ourselves very visible to continue to impact, to influence, to instruct, to improve, and to inspire the world. And today's show is all about that yet again. Last week, I started to talk a little bit about how it is so critical That you plan ahead, especially right around now, for the following year. But the truth is, folks, you should always be planning ahead anyhow. I mean, look, you don't live for tomorrow by bypassing what's happening today. I'm a big believer that you have to stay in the moment, be mindful of the moment, appreciate what's happening currently at the moment. And not get too far down deep into the weeds of tomorrow, next week, next year. To the to the extent that you bypass the goodness of what today is bringing, but yet you don't disregard the fact that tomorrow, God willing, will will be here, and so will the following month and the following year. And you have to plan for that, especially if you are ambitious, you're goal driven, you have dreams and desires, you have things you want to achieve. That requires planning. And Especially if part of that goal, part of your uh, achievement journey is to find the next best version of you, whether it's the next best version of you in uh, marriage, in your business, in your entrepreneurial experience, in your uh, career, and uh, parenting in your fitness and finances in your mental health and your mindset, that next best version of you is always available. And if you are serious about attaining that next best version of you, then planning and preparing and oftentimes pivoting is part of the process. There's a five P's for you, huh? You write that down, the five Ps for you of success. But that's what today's show is going to entail. It's going to entail how do we continue this narrative that I started last uh, show, where now 2023 is right around the corner. Four and a half months from now, we'll be watching the ball drop somewhere. And you're going to be at the beginning of a new chapter in your life, January 2023. But the d- to the degree that you prepare and plan today and moving forward these next handful of months will determine what kind of year you will have next year. And I'm sure that all of you want to have an even better year next year, maybe even a breakthrough year next year. So today's show is going to be involved in a handful of different ways, all focused on what do you do to plan, to prepare, For the progress and the promotion of a prosperous new year. There's another five Ps. (laughs) right? I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. But that's what today's show is going to be about. And I want to encourage you to make sure that you've got pen handy. You know, note takers and money makers, folks. And you have to be able to take notes so that way you can imprint in your mind some of these knowledge bombs that are often dropped The show as many of you continue to text me and email me that you are receiving these knowledge bombs today's gonna be no different. But today's show by the way is sponsored by two of our incredible corporate sponsors right here in Dallas, Colin Corporate College, who is helping businesses really thrive in many areas. They are one of our corporate sponsors. And also MB Accounting Group and Suzanne Bryant, who was here in our show previously, knocked it out of the park and helping understand how leadership in the accounting world, in the CPA world, in the operational world is so key to any business. Uh, They're our corporate sponsors, and we're excited to have them support this program. But I want to dive into, in our opening segment here, What I like to title my Thrive Talk, and by the way, in a few minutes, we're going to hear from Chris Harris. He's my co-host of Thrive Jive. Whenever Chris is on the show, we have a fun time talking about uh, uh, lessons of life as he is an expert, and he's also the founder of Motivational Pros. He'll be with us in the next segment to discuss that, but this is Thrive Talk, and my Thrive Talk section today, my topic today, folks, is really thriving in what I call the ships, and this thought came to me after having a nice dinner on Saturday with a couple that we're befriending and, and just getting a chance to know them and they're getting a chance to know us, I gave some thought to the nature of that conversation and I took away some notes, mental notes that I wanted to to elaborate as my listening audience oftentimes learns best from simple lessons of life that you can apply to yours. Well, I want to chat about today thriving in the ship's. By the way, you'll be able to find this in my web, on my website, thejmamey.com. It'll be posted up as one of my latest blogs. You'll find it there. But developing a healthy and well-balanced life, it's going to require that you develop meaningful, fulfilling, and mutually beneficial relationships, friendships, and partnerships, and that's just to name a few. So I call these... The essential ships. Now, there's a lot of essential ships up there. I'm calling these the essential, relationship, personal relationships, uh, friendships, and partnerships. These are what I call the essential ships. So it goes without question that you can thrive at a higher level when you are experiencing a sound and healthy, intimate relationship, loving and caring friendships, and, of course, profitable partnerships. Now, as wonderful as thriving in these ships sound, it can oftentimes also be elusive and even frustrating for many simply because they never take the time to not only assess the person they're about to hop on the ship with, (laughs) but equally as important, they never truly assess themselves. So to thrive on the ships requires you, each of you, To arrive at a few major milestones. Here's the first one. The first is to truly and genuinely like the person that you are going to be around. I mean, you have to truly and genuinely like to be around each other for more than just a season. I mean, to like each other enough that you can see each other being a part of each other's future. That's the kind of like I'm talking about. I know that sounds obvious, right? But you'd be surprised how many people jump into a ship simply out of convenience or haste. Their like is merely out of accommodation and temporarily minded. There's nothing in there long term. They don't like you that much to be in there long term. Well, this kind of like will never make it long term, folks. Hence, that ship is doomed to shipwreck. And listen, my, my second point that I want to offer you is that you also must be willing to take honest criticism from each other and even rejection of your ideas from each other without succumbing to hurt feelings uh, or becoming offended. I mean, additionally, there has to be, there must be, there there has to exist, guys, a safe place where each of you can bring your concerns, your comments, and your ideas without fear of being ridiculed, shamed, or belittled by the other person. Does that make sense? There has to be this understanding that, hey, it's okay for you to say what you want to say. It's okay for me to say what I want to say. doesn't mean I'm going to agree. doesn't mean I'm going to always go by what you said. doesn't mean I'm going to embrace your ideas. It doesn't mean I'm going to uh, accept your suggestions or recommendation. I may flat out say, nope, not for me. I don't think I like that. And you have to be okay with them saying they're not interested, and you also have to be okay with them saying uh, with you, giving that uh, that response that you're not interested there has to be the okay place where you can reject each other respectfully and honor each other's criticism as uh as a separate individual point of view given by another person without taking it personally incredibly important as you're looking for a shipmate <laughs> finally you know you must settle with the fact That on your ship, you will either, and this is important, my friends, you're either going to fall into the category of an enabler or a disabler throughout the journey. See, we're all susceptible to falling into one or the other, whether we are aware of it or not. At some point in life, you're either going to be an enabler or a disabler to another person. Now, let me clarify that because I know what enable and disable can oftentimes mean but I want to help you see it differently with this particular point when I t- talk about enable an enable an enabler is someone who will enable the ongoing development of the other person they're going to help them out they will provide the resources the encouragement the belief that's needed in order for their shipmate to thrive they will never become a stumbling block, neither in action or words. That's an enable. They're going to enable your progress, your promotion, your advancement, your growth and, and development. They're going to enable that. Whatever they they uh, uh whatever they tend to do with you, it's gonna help you get there quicker. It's gonna accelerate your success. That's an enabler. But on the other side of that, my friends, you've got a disabler. See a disabler practices the exact opposite. And sometimes It's unbeknownst to them. They don't even realize they're being a disabler. You may know somebody like that right now. (laughs) Heck, you might be that person. (laughs) You see, these disablers, they may arrive there through a series of events that went unhandled, which bred animosity, bitterness, uh, jealousy, and, and even resentment. And now their actions and words only serve to disable Discourage and distract the other's success journey. Does that make sense? So let me encourage you as you are looking at what am I going to do to enhance, uh, rather to to promulgate and give myself a leg up on the breakthrough year that I'm that I'm believing in for next year. Or it could be, hey, it could be starting next month. It doesn't have to wait around for next year. It could be next month. It could be the month after. It could be whenever you hear this podcast years from now. It could be that turning point right now that you are looking to make in your life. You have to understand that healthy relationship, those people that you are either involved in or about to get involved in and contemplating that, that you have to make sure that they're going to, that you, you, you like each other, you're going to... Uh, Be okay with rejecting each other's ideas. You can't get your feelings hurt on that. And you have to make sure that you constantly focus on being an enabler, not a disabler. If the folks that you are planning to jump on ship with, these relationships with, the personal relationships, the partnerships, the friendships, if you assess them this way and it does not make you feel good about having them as your shipmates, then it might be time for you to look at some other ships (laughs) or some other mates because this one will only lead to shipwreck folks. I hope to help somebody and we're just getting started. The rest of the show was rocking. I'm going to talk about making networking meaningful to those of you that are in business. We're going to talk about that right after the break.
0: Business owners. Do you feel like you're paying more than your fair share of taxes? Is your tax preparer out of ideas? My name is Susan Bryant, CPA and Certified Tax Coach at the MB Group, and proud corporate sponsor of the J Mamie Talk Show. Tune in during the month of September to hear my favorite tax tips that can keep some big dollars in your bank account. In the meantime, learn more about how we're changing our clients' financial futures at mbgcpa.com.
1: Hey everyone, Jay Mamey. I want to encourage you to go visit Impulse Rentals. If you're looking to explore Louisville Lake on a pontoon or a jet ski, or if you're looking to enjoy a ride on a Can Am Riker for all of you adventure seekers, you're going to have an unforgettable experience like I did when I recently rented from Impulse Rentals a jet ski with my son for Father's Day. Make sure that you reach out to Impulse Rentals. You can find them at impulserentals.org.
0: Go out and have a good time outdoors. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie.
1: We finished off our last segment and I was starting to talk about what makes networking meaningful. Now, for those of you, and I believe as many of you in my audience, a lot of my listeners here are people that are currently experiencing a life of entrepreneurship. Maybe you own a business, maybe you're in sales, maybe you uh, are in business development or maybe you're planning on getting into it. But regardless what the experiences that you have right now, I'm a big believer that if you're going to have success and if you're going to find ways to separate yourself from the pack and really create this incredible identity of uh, of a winner and someone who is on the move, then there's disciplines and habits and skill sets you have to develop in order to achieve that new image, that new level of success. And whether or not it's in business, you might be searching for a job. You might be uh, in a position of of just making good context that can further at some point down the road your cause or your initiative. Networking is critical to that uh, to that end game. If you're not practicing meaningful networking, then you are going to find that your efforts are not going to produce the results that you're looking for. But in, in fact, you might experience quite the opposite frustration, aggravation, discouragement. I can't tell you how many individuals I meet in my world that are, uh, networkers and, and networking, meaning that you're out there meeting people and going to events on purpose and by design and intentionally looking to, uh, make and develop new connections. That's what I'm referring to. When I say networking, uh, the, I can't tell you how many of the folks I meet who are not experiencing the results they would want to because they never understood, never developed the, the wherewithal of how to create meaningful networking experiences. So I want to take this segment and have a conversation with those of you that are involved in this World and and want to make sure that you are not leaving anything on the table that can handicap your success. And since networking is such a crucial, critical aspect of success development, I want to tackle that right now by helping you understand in my own experiences through my own observations. And folks, I do tons of speaking and talking uh, on many, many different levels to diverse audiences. And this is one of the topics that they often want to have me speak on. So I'm going to share with you some thoughts here that it's going to help you make networking more meaningful. But I believe that before we dive into that, you have to take what I call a personal and honest personal assessment of your understanding of networking and basically of yourself. So let's just have some fun here. If you sort of rate yourself one to 10, one is I suck. 10 is I'm a daggone pro. <laughs> By the way, I've, it's rare I've met a 10. But I want you to have sort of this internal inspection right now, wherever you are, just have some fun with it. But be honest. Take an honest personal assessment, 1 to 10. You know, at the end of the day, the only person you can you can fool everybody else, but you can't fool the person looking in the mirror, right? So let's just take this honest, honest personal assessment. And the first thing I want you to recognize from a on a scale of 1 to 10 is ask yourself or or consider that networking for you is a frequent and consistent part of your weekly activity. So take an honest personal assessment. Networking is a frequent and consistent part of my weekly activity. 1 it's not, I'm horrible, I suck. It's I don't or 10 I, yes I am. I'm I'm good at it. It's part of my I'm consistent, I'm I'm frequent. Uh, I'm I'm fairly frequent with my activities in networking. I'm at 8, 9 or 10. The next Assessment. I am confident in my ability to network effectively. I am confident in my ability to network effectively. One to 10. Next assessment. I am comfortable at networking events. I am comfortable at networking events. In other words, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm not hiding in the corner. I'm not afraid to shake hands. I am comfortable. At events where I don't know anybody and I have to make myself known. One to ten. Next assessment. My networking efforts usually produce a desired result. My networking efforts usually produce a desired result. One to ten. Here's the next assessment. I find the whole networking thing frustrating. How true is that for you? I find the whole networking thing frustrating, 1 to 10. Guys, there's a five simple questions that if you are honest with yourself, you're going to discover something about your efforts, something about you that needs to be addressed. Now, what I want you to do is tally up those numbers, 1 to 10, tally them up. If you uh, finding that uh, you're, uh, well, obviously the, the top score would be 50. So if you're floating around 35, 45, even to 50, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Anything below 35, you need some work. And I'm glad that you're here. You're at the right place at the right time, because I'm going to help you understand how to make networking meaningful where you are excited about it, you look forward to it, and you know that you know that you know that it is going to produce desired results. But to tackle this personal assessment, I specifically asked questions that hopefully would have revealed to you something about yourself that needs to be uh, worked on. I said networking is a frequent and consistent. Networking has to be frequent And it has to be consistent, part of a weekly activity, but it has to be strategic. In other words, it makes no sense just to go out to say that you went. Let me repeat that. It doesn't make any sense for you to say, I went out. Uh, I I went to this. I went to that. I went to this. I went to this one. Uh, But you just went to these events to sort of satisfy that inner... Uh, understanding that if I don't go meet people, I probably won't have any success. So you just kind of went to say that you went, you didn't really go for any, any, with any strategic purpose and that will always fail you. So being frequent in your activity to network and being consistent only works if you are going with a strategic intent. We're going to talk about that confident. I spoke about confident and my ability to network effectively. Confident is the key word. How confident are you that you can break a crowd? In other words, if you are sort of the third wheel that you can break into a conversation confidently without being rude. How confident are you that you can say the right things to impress someone enough to to continue to remember you thereafter? How comfortable are you in your own skin when you walk into a room knowing that no one knows you and that you are really competing for attention for something memorable, especially if you are providing a service that 15, 20, 30 other people, depending on the size of the networking group, also has to offer. How comfortable are you at being memorable? And the last part of it is, is, the, whole, is the whole thing frustrating. If you find that it's frustrating, then there are going to be some things that you'll have to tweak, but here's the first thing that has to be tweaked. Your mindset about it has to change. So let me help you understand how to change that mindset. Here's the first thing I want you to recognize. Here's the, the the steps to making networking meaningful. Number one, for goodness sakes, you have to arrive early. If you have an event that is starting at three o'clock, don't arrive at 315 or 330. Even if the event is for two or three hours, here's what happens when you arrive later than you should. If you don't arrive early, you miss the opportunity to recon the room. And why do you recon the room? Meaning who's coming in? You're watching for those that are coming in. You are looking to identify the rhinos, the the rhinoceroses. I call them the rhinos because the rhinos are those that are uh they they they're moving somewhere with purpose, that you can see there's momentum in their movement. They have a sense of power. They have a sense of direction when they walk into the room. They're not wandering generalities looking for the corner. They know where they want to go, and you can sense the amount of energy the minute they walk into the room. They're the connectors. They're the handshakers. They're the power players. You need to identify who the rhinos are and be strategic enough to meet them. If you arrive late, you miss that. By the time you get into the room, if the room is already flowing and there's conversations happening, by the time you catch up to the whole thing, you're going to miss who those rhinos are. You might still identify one or two, but you won't identify them from afar and then become strategic in tracking them down. Does that make sense? Here's another step. You got to bring your energy. You have to bring your energy. Leave your slothiness in the car. <laughs> and your problems in the car. And your moodiness in the car. You know why? People will pick up on that. You know, the opposite of a rhino is a sloth. You ever see a sloth? Slow moving. Very lethargic. They usually don't hang around with a bunch of other people. Right? With uh, a bunch of other sloths, they're like isolated. Because who wants to be around somebody like that? (laughs) Well, now, if you're a sloth yourself, you may gravitate to another sloth. I get that. But in networking, where you are there intentionally to grow your network of people that can generate probability, uh, a greater probability of, of meaningful connections that can help you in your success journey, you stay away from the sloths. (laughs) Well, I promise you, if you bring your energy, those sloths in the room, they're not going to be attracted to you anyway, and that's good. You don't need to be messing around with the sloths. Let me give you another step. Learn how to make what I call memorable moves. What are memorable moves? Memorable moves are the, the actions that you take, the movements that you make That in the mind of the other person you're having a conversation with at a networking event, it leaves you as a person worth remembering, becoming memorable. In other words, they're able to reassemble the emotions, the information, the images, what you said, what you looked like, what you wore, the value you could bring to them. They can recall and remember that immediately because you made memorable moves. Well, what a memorable moves. Number one, a great smile. If your smile can crack a mirror, then work on a smirk. <laughs> I mean, but you got to smile. You have to leave the grill on the car. Don't bring the grill in, leave the grill on the car and have a smile. Next memorable move is a compliment. You know, people love to be complimented. People love to be made to feel special, validated, respected, Uh revered acknowledged the best way to do that one of the best ways to do that is providing a compliment compliment them on their clothing compliment them on their professionalism compliment on their business cars compliment them on their hair and if they don't have any hair speak life into their scalp <laughs> maybe they'll grow some and they'll definitely will, will remember you compliment and by the way while you're there here's another memorable move don't be selfish. Don't focus just on yourself. If you meet someone in that networking event that that person makes for a good introduction to someone else who you just met there, go out of your way to make that connection. Go out of the way to make those introductions. You might meet somebody that serves a purpose, a greater purpose by being introduced to somebody else than really for what you do. Well, don't hoard that that introduction. Take that person by the hand and say, "John, you need to meet Jane because she does XYZ, you do XYZ, and you guys are uh, uh have lots of uh possibilities and synergies and you need to connect. Connect others while you're there and watch how people remember you as the connector. Lastly, folks here, and here's a big step. Repeat their names. I go to networking events, I go to meetings, I go to different uh, functions, and oftentimes people don't Say Even personally, to me, when we're meeting for the first time and I give them my name, they never repeat my name, and we may be speaking for 15, 20, or 30 minutes. That's a poor practice. That's a bad habit. Repeat their names. If you want to become memorable in their minds, repeat their names. People love to hear their names. At a subconscious level, it tells them, man, this person really likes me. This person reviews me. They respect me. They're honoring me by using my name. Works at the subconscious level, and it makes you memorable. Get in the habit of speaking with someone, whether in networking or not, and using their name, their precious, valuable name, at least three or four times, strategically and cleverly, don't be foolish about it, Okay, so you have to be mindful of that. Use wisdom, but repeat their names. That's another memorable move. Folks, as you can see, there are many ways to make your networking meaningful. And we're going to continue this conversation. But again, I mentioned you can certainly find all of my content as such at thejmamey.com. I've got loads of available content. Uh, also, my Thrive Sales Mastery course. This is part of my Thrive Sales Mastery course. But I'm giving to you here right now because I like you. I want to bring you value. And I know that many of you are serious about success. And this will help. Folks, we're coming back after the break with Chris Harris, founder of and Pros. And here's what we're going to talk about. Plateaus of success. Everyone at some point in time hits a plateau. We're going to discuss How to overcome the plateaus after the break. Hi, this is Lynn Ellis with EcoFriends Organic Pest Control. Everyone wants to be healthy and is making tremendous efforts to be healthy and stay healthy through their diet, their cleaning products, lifestyle. But if you use any other type of pest control besides a green organic pest control, you have just undone everything you did visit us at ecofriendspestcontrol.com that's ecofriends Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales mastery.com welcome back to the jay mamie talk show with your host jay mamie picking up the conversation a little bit of where we left off i want to introduce first of all uh, many of you who are listening to the show for the first time you may not be aware of thrive jive Thrive Dive is a monthly segment that we have on the show where we bring in my co-host, Chris Harris, the founder of Motivational Pros, a true success story himself, one of the most sought-out speakers and sales trainers on the planet with track record to prove that. But he's got great insight into uh, ways that that can help us thrive, uh, reach the next best version of ourselves. He's also uh, author uh, of an award-winning book. And uh, he's just a great guy to have on the show. But today we're going to chat about off the cuff. And by the way, Thrive Dive is just chatting about things off the cuff. But we're going to chat today about the plateaus that many experience when they are pursuing success, whether that's in business, whether that's in relationship, whether that's in fitness or in finance or their career. Plateaus are not uh, unique to, to one person. Everyone experiences them. And as we're looking at creating a dynamic 2023, you may be right now experiencing a plateau. So let's talk about how do you not only become aware of one when it's right around the corner or when you are in one and then what do you do to get out of one? And Chris, I want you to start the conversation off a little bit with what experiences you personally had with plateaus.
0: Well, first of all, if, if we're not experiencing plateaus, our goals aren't big enough.
1: That's right. They,
0: they're they part of the deal. And, in fact, when you set a goal, when you create a goal, you need to budget for plateaus. Mm. Um, I mean, just, just put them in as part of a plan. Know that you're going to hit them. So if your goal is to lose, you know, let's just say weight loss, for example, because this is one of the areas most people can – uh, relate to with with hitting plateaus if your goal is to lose X amount of pounds in X amount of days I would say I would challenge you and say okay where did you budget for the plateau in this goal um, we have to plan for them they're going to happen they have to happen and it, it comes down to uh, I look at I look at plateaus like this like Newton's first law um, an object that is at rest tends to stay at rest Mm-hmm unless it is acted upon by an external force and that uh, and uh, something that's in motion tends to stay in motion unless it's acted upon an external force so when we talk about plateaus we call it well I guess in the in the training that I provide we call it breaking inertia how do you break inertia how do you get something that's at basically a complete standstill dead stop how do you get it moving again and the answer is disruption. You have to do something that is intentionally disruptive.
1: You know, one of the things you mentioned, Chris, and which is why ThriveJive has been such a hit with the show, um, is this insightful knowledge bomb of budgeting. And that's just a great way to look at it, that most people don't budget in for the plateaus. In other words, they get caught uh, off guard. They're blindsided. And because they didn't budget for it and they're blindsided by it, here's what happens next, Chris. They panic. Isn't that true? Sure they do. Right?
0: Well, they well they, they panic or they just turn around and start going back down the mountain.
1: That's right. That's right. And by the way, when you operate out of panic, you will never get past the plateau. When you Absolutely. operate out of panic, you'll never get past the plateau. In fact, as you just said, you may begin to talk yourself out of the mountain and uh, begin to rationalize internally uh, why you shouldn't have started in the first place. So not budgeting for a plateau, I think, can be catastrophic to your success. But Chris, I also want to talk a little bit about if you've budgeted for, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that word. If you've budgeted for plateaus, if you are a realist, which I think is another challenge, if you are a realist and find yourself at that place where you're stagnant nothing is happening it doesn't matter what you're doing you are finding there is no forward progress what should you be focusing on what should you be saying to yourself what should your activity what's the game plan to break through at that point
0: well you got to go back to the very beginning the genesis of the goal I tell people whenever you create a goal there's two pieces of information I want to hear about Um, if I'm gonna take you serious about this goal you're sharing with me and and it's not the goal the two things I want to hear about is one what are you willing to pay to hit this mark what are you willing to sacrifice I want to know what you're willing to sacrifice to ensure that you hit this and the second thing is I want to know what does your life look like when this goal has been attained Um, and and that's really comes down to the the why why am i doing it in the first place and those two things are key because those are plateau busters because if you hit a plateau i'm going to sit down with you and i'm going to say hey jay you told me that this is what you were willing to sacrifice or pay or give up this is the amount of blood you were willing to pour into the attainment of this goal are you still sacrificing to the level that you committed to when you started this And the answer is usually going to be no. Mm -hmm. I'm not sacrificing as much as I said I would or that I was in the beginning. And the second thing is this. Then I'm going to ask you, why did you start in the first place? What does your life look like when you attain this goal? What was your why? Because you've got to go back and focus on the why I started in the first place, not why am I stuck here in neutral.
1: You know, I love that. It always goes back to examining your why, and if your why isn't strong enough – you, you won't find the firepower necessary, internal firepower necessary to keep uh, to stay out of a plateau or break through a plateau. I totally agree with that. But from a different perspective, Chris, you know, as a private contractor, what a lot of people may not know is that you provided elite close quarters combat training for federal agencies, military uh, and special forces with your 25 year career as a master combatives trainer company called warrior makers, when you were working with those tough individuals, right? What would you say to them when you noticed that they were hitting a plateau, um, in their own professional development and what they were doing in combat? Because if they didn't progress, if they didn't get past the plateau, it could cost their lives or, and their units wow. lives. What did you say to them? And how did you train them?
0: Well, first and foremost the people who make it to that elite status, the ones who you know are those the one percent who are on the beach who choose not to ring the bell who choose not to give up um, one of the things that is being looked at very carefully during the selection and evaluation process of who gets to be the next navy seal or green beret um, these these trainers these instructors who are at these uh Uh, you know, facilities where they're actually trying to, you know, break these people. Like if if you're not made for this, we want to know now and we want you gone, right? Mm. Because, because we can only have the best of the best for this particular role. And one of the things that they're looking for is who they can break down, who they can get to stop. They're constantly putting obstacles and plateaus in front of you every step of the way from the time you get up till the time you go to bed. And, and there's, there's no one they can't break they can break everyone if if you're if you've got a lot of strength they'll break you in endurance if you've got a lot of endurance they'll break you with the cold if you're great at tolerating the cold they'll break you down with hunger or sleep deprivation they're going to break you but what they want what they're really looking for one of the things they're looking for is who continues to push through the plateaus that they put in front of you every minute of every day who pushes through no matter what and so when you talk about training the, the elite, I, I got to tell you, I learned how to break through plateaus from working with them, not the other way around. Mm. Their mindset is adapt and overcome. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, embrace the suck. These were their, th- these were their, this was their vernacular. Embrace the suck. I mean, that that's a real thing that they say. So their deal is, you push through. You sold your on. You cowboy up. So I learned more about breaking through plateaus from them than they ever would from me.
1: You know, I think that's, th- there's a lesson in what you just said. And as I was listening, taking notes myself, cause I'm a note taker, um, identifying the areas of weakness has to be exploited because if you can, if you don't know where you're weak, if you don't know where your deficiencies are and, uh, and you are attacked there, that is going to make it easier for you to hit a plateau and stay at that plateau for a long time. So I like that. It's those guys identified, or they they look to exploit the weakness in one area of another of these individuals who considered themselves elite, um, so that they could find okay, where could this person be susceptible to you know to giving in to giving up? They're throwing in the towel. In the most unopportune times that's a lesson for us if you're in business if you're striving for anything you've got to identify your weakness your deficiencies and work on that because it'll creep up at some point and bite you in the butt and it could take you out
0: well that's a great point and I I will say by definition um, a, a plateau or a challenge or an obstacle or adversity whatever you want to call it by definition it's coming at an inopportune time. Mm. Mm. That's exactly right. coming at an inopportune time, is it really adversity?
1: Right. That's right. That's right. You don't plan for adversity. You don't pull it on your calendar and say, you know, next Monday at 9 o'clock, <laughs> I got a visit from Problems, <laughs> and they're going to stay for about two days. No, they just show up unannounced like those relatives. They just show up.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely right. Absolutely. Look, Ab- it, look it, you're, you're A.C., your A.C. decides to go out in the middle of Texas summer when it's blazing 100-plus-degree days you know, for 30 days straight, and your A.C. goes out, and you get a quote, and all of a sudden you find out it's going to cost $18,000 to replace it, and you don't have the money. And you've got kids sleeping in the upstairs bedroom. You've got all of these things. You work from home, and you don't have the money. That's adversity because right. it came at an inopportune time. The same exact thing to happen to someone who has the financial wherewithal to just stroke a check and it's done, and we got a new AC unit in a few days. That's not adversity. It's adversity by nature. What makes it adversity is that it came at a time where you were not prepared for it. It was inopportune. No, Chris. in our... uh, When people people say to me, "Oh man, this could not have come at a worse time." That's what makes it adversity. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you you wouldn't want it to come at any time, and there's no such thing as a good time. Because otherwise, absolutely right, it wouldn't be adversity, wouldn't be a challenge. Chris, in our last couple of minutes here, uh, so what are the disciplines? What are the good habits? Once you're past the plateaus, you've learned a lot about yourself. What do you go back and revisit and revamp and reassess so that you don't find yourself revisiting another plateau similar to the one you just got over anytime soon?
0: Well, I make sure that I'm constantly adjusting and modifying and recalibrating my why. Um, I have learned that my why changes uh, multiple times through my life. And you know, my why when I was 21 was not the same why that I had at 30. Mm -hmm. That was not the same why I had at 40 and that's not the same why that I had at 50. So if your why will evolve, it should be evolving, it should be growing, it should need to be pruned and cut back from time to time. Um, sometimes your why is dehydrated. Sometimes your why needs fertilizer, but I would say, always look back and say, has my, my why been recalibrated and modified for this new journey, this new goal, because we just can't use the same why for every goal.
1: You know, Chris, the wisdom that you continue to share on our thrive, jive segments is the reason why it's, it's such a popular segment. So folks, Chris Harris will be with us again next month. You can listen to our prior Thrive Jives. We've got about six in the hopper already, but today's been a doozy. You can also track Chris down at Chris Harris on LinkedIn, and also his book, I Go Through, Breaking Through with Expert Power, is also available. And, Chris, where can people find you? I think you've got a new website, don't you? Uh, Yeah, but just go to motivationalpros.com. That'll get them to me. Motivationalpros.com. Chris, appreciate you. See you next month. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamey.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamey.com. Are you looking to build a dynamic workplace culture that keeps your employees not only retained but also engaged and empowered to help your business thrive discover the secret that many companies in the community have already unlocked Colin corporate college with hundreds of the highest quality affordable educational programs available and customized to your desired business outcomes your success is Colin corporate colleges business call them at 972-599-3110 that's 972 five nine nine three one one zero
0: welcome back to the jay mamie talk show with your host jay mamie folks wrapping up our show today
1: i want to make you aware that in the month of august it's been historically a milestone month for history, I'm a big fan of history. I love learning about events that have happened in the past, which have shaped history. Whether there have been social events, uh, military events, sporting events, uh, entertainment events, I just love learning about things that had had happened long before I arrived, or even when I was when I'm when I'm here. And that may have happened recently, but through just daily activities and living life, you you just forget things that may have happened that were magnanimous like a year ago, right? I mean, sometimes life can get so cluttered that you could lose sight of something that might have happened a month ago. So I think it's important to look back upon history and not only have an appreciation for events, whether good or bad, because that's life, right? But uh, also recognize that those events created oftentimes repercussions that are that have a lot to do with where we are today now again that's whether globally locally nationally or personally it's just the way that it is so let's have some fun in our last segment here and give you a little bit of history for this milestone month so many things happen in the month of August in history I'm just going to give you a handful of them here's one the birthday of the Star-Spangled Banner. The author, Francis Scott Key, he was born in Frederick County, Maryland, after witnessing the British bombardment of Fort McHenry on the night of September 13th and 14th, 1814. He was so enthralled to see the American flag still flying over the fort at daybreak that he went on to write a poem. Uh, now, originally it was, it was titled Defense of Fort McHenry, but that poem became the U.S. National Anthem in 1931. Francis Scott Key was born in the month of August. Here's something else that happened a long time ago. On August 2nd, 1776, in Philadelphia, most of the 55 members of the Continental Congress signed the parchment copy of the Declaration of Independence. Happened in August. Here's some other stuff that happened in August that maybe uh, it's not so pleasant. In fact, it's not pleasant at all, And but it changed the trajectory of history, it's still affecting countries and continents today. But on August 6, 1945, the first atomic bomb was dropped over the center of Hiroshima at 8.15 in the morning by the American B-29 bomber Enola Gay the bomb detonated about 1800 feet above ground killing over 105 persons 105,000 persons and uh, completely destroying the city another estimated 100,000 people they later died as a result of the radiation that happened august 6th this month 1962 august 6th here's someone that is uh, something that happened that was very very good and for all of my Jamaican friends, Jamaica achieved independence after centuries of British and Spanish rule. I bet you didn't know that. During 150 years of Spanish rule, African slaves were were first brought to Jamaica. The British then invaded in 1655 and the slave trade greatly expanded during the 1700s. Following the, uh, the abolition of slavery in the 1830s, Jamaica remained a British colony until August 6, 1962, when they again they won their independence. Isn't that pretty cool? August 14, 1935. In August, here we are. President Roosevelt signed the Social Security Act, establishing the system which guarantees pensions to those who retire at age 65. That's changed, right? The the, the date has changed somewhat but the social security system also aids states in providing financial aid to dependent children the blind and others as well as administering a system of unemployment insurance many have benefited from that on august 16th 1977 one of my favorite singers of all time elvis presley was pronounced dead at the memphis baptist hospital at 3:30 at the age of 42 pretty sad. And August 15th, 1969, the year I was born, Woodstock began in a field near Yasgur's farm in my old home state of New York in Bethel. The three-day concert featured 24 rock bands and drew a crowd of more than 300,000 people. Some of you listeners were there. The event came to symbolize the counterculture movement Of the 1960s, and here's the last one, folks, August 17th, 1998, many of you will remember, President Bill Clinton became the first sitting president to give testimony before a grand jury in which he, the president, was the focus of the investigation. Many of you know the rest of the story to that. This resulted from a sweeping investigation of the president by independent counsel Ken Starr as well as a private lawsuit concerning an alleged sexual harassment by Clinton before he became the president. Later on that evening, President Clinton appeared on national TV and gave a speech admitting he had engaged in an improper relationship with former White House intern Monica Lewinsky. The admission occurred several months after a much-publicized denial, many of you will remember, wagging the finger. I never had sexual relations with that woman. I was a young guy, and I remember that. Folks, history is important. August is a milestone month, and I just gave you a snippet of all the amazing things that have happened in the month of August. Folks, I hope you appreciate that. We're going to come back next week with more information to help you thrive. I hope this show has given you the content you need to take it to the next level. Until next week, keep thriving.